previously on Adequately Advanced Magic. Yeah, my sister could help us, but there's a slight hitch. I don't exactly know where she is right now, but I do know someone who does. Who's that? It's this information broker of sorts. Audrey leads the three of you guys in Gobzu to what appears to be a very shady looking cabaret. On all sides of the walls of this office are paintings of a satyr. Sitting behind a, another Coca-Cola desk is Rogelio, apparently. I'm always in the market for new customers. Since the three of you are new, I'm happy to give the three of you a discount. We appreciate that. Rogelio sees Audrey head in and... He says, Audrey, my dear, your sister is located in a row of apartments, or perhaps repurposed warehouses on Kizzyold Row. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. It is morning now, and you can hear the chirp of dust methods in the distance. And the three of you find yourselves back in the break room of the Museum of Falcon's Reach. Quick question, Joey. Yep. We were given a disc with the syringe and medicine symbol, and we can't remember what that was about. Yeah. Go ahead and do a intelligence check. It's a 15. Yeah. Throughout the night, it really bothers you that you can't figure out what this diskette does. And then in in the middle of the night, you suddenly have this moment where you see all these mathematical formulas and stuff float in front of your face, and then everything clicks into place. And you remember that you bought from Mike a sort of like a Walkman. Yeah, we got the um, mysterious headset. Gotcha. I remember now with its non-standard port receptacle thing so i do, do i wake up like sweating and like out of breath <laughs> yeah from all the mental exertions you still see the number seven in your eyes yeah you're sort of gross you're also right next to jack i'm like oh, oh no jack's muscle sweat got all over me <laughs> jack kind of like scratches his, his his chest in his sleep do you snore uh no <laughs> that's the real fantasy here <laughs> <laughs> Nick Klaus, you wake up in a cold sweat. Ugh. Mysterious headset. Mike, mysterious headset disc. Gobsu. It all makes sense now. I've got to tell the guys. I'm like, Jack! Jack! Oh, oh. Wow, what? What's going on? Where's the, where's the headset? The headset we bought from Mike. It must be in. What? Who's Mike? The guy with the white hair. Remember we met him? Oh, yeah, yeah. You bought the thing, right? I, I can't remember. Well, I don't know where I put it. Where's your bag? Maybe it's in there. 
Jack kind of gets up, rubs his eyes, and then just crawls to his bag. I don't have it in my thing, at least not in my notes. <laughs> Jack rummages around and be like, I can't see, but I don't think I have it in here. Okay, maybe it's in my bag, and I look through my backpack. I think it's in my backpack. Yeah, Niklas, you rummage through it, and you eventually find the, the headset. Aha! Okay, who has the disc? Do I have the disc? I look to the backpack again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack has it. Seriously? Okay. Yeah, because it was in the uh, the statue and... Gotcha. Jack by now is like kind of crawling back, but then he hears Nikolaus saying for a disc. And so then he crawls back to his bag and starts looking for it, rummaging and... Is this a disc? And he pulls it out, shows it to Nikolaus. Yeah, that's it. See, it goes in here. Oh, I'll just take it. Okay, okay, okay. I like walk over to Jack and I'm like, okay, so it goes in, slot A, and receptacle B. There. <laughs> what happens? You looked at the instructions when you first got the disc, or maybe you didn't, maybe Jack did, but on the disc it did say to first insert it into player B, put the headset on your head, C, go to sleep, and that it's one time use only. Hmm. Well, it's not doing anything right now, Jack. Do you, do you know what it's supposed to do? What happens if you put it on? I've got no idea, but can we do this in the morning? What time is, is it, it? It's morning right now, see? Is it morning? <laughs> oh. Alright, if it's morning, we'll get the day started. And Alright, what do I have to do? I don't know, the, the, the disc, I put it inside, but it doesn't seem to be doing anything. Yeah, I don't think, Nikos never read the instructions on the disc, he just immediately put it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's expecting it to do something, but it's not. And so he's asking Jack about it. Jack takes it and looks at it. Are the instructions written on the thing? Yeah, they're written on the diskette. All right, Jack, like, groggily just kind of squints his eyes and says, I think there are instructions. Something about listening to him while you sleep. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we can do that tonight. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. Interesting the way to wake up. Yeah, where's, um, Herc here? I'm sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, look around the room. I don't know, Herc here, where are you? Sleeping in, like, under (laughs) a desk somewhere. The, The other side of Jack. (laughs) <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can say Jack was middle spoon. All right. No wonder his muscles are sweating all that. All that <laughs> he, he exercises while he sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the muscles get so big. <laughs> so he's like punching the air and stuff and doing like <laughs> arm circles. All right. Well, we got to go um, find Constance today, right? Yep. That sounds like a plan. You think you think if we put this on uh, Hercules' head, it'll work? <laughs> <laughs> he, he is still sleeping, right? Yeah. Worth a shot. Okay. Do you want to... I'm not very sneaky. How sneaky are you? I'm I'm still waking up, so I just... I feel like I might trip and fall on him. Okay. But maybe if we if we put him on... I mean, he has to sleep again, right? Maybe he doesn't want to keep sleeping. Well, I mean, I don't, it just says while you're, while you're sleeping, right? It doesn't say how long it takes, does it? Oh, that's true. Alright, let's put it on and see what happens. Alright, have I woken up by these knuckleheads talking <laughs> and like moving around next to me? I'll let you decide. Yeah, it probably does wake him up. <laughs> yeah, is is Hirkir a light sleeper? Or is he is he probably. used to loud I mean, noises as he sleeps? No, he's pretty light sleeper based on uh, having grown up in, well, at least the last decade under somewhat difficult circumstances. Yeah, here, here, you see, you hear someone say your name. It's either Jack or Niklaus, and then you 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 wake with a start. He sits straight up, <laughs> like all of a sudden, and like looks around and trying to uh, get his bearings. 
What what is the the precise situation at this at this moment? How about we say this? Both Nicklaus and Jack are still laying down. <laughs> they're they're just talking to each other like it's pillow talk. <laughs> in in Nicklaus's hands are this device with the headset and the uh, the diskette that is inserted inside. I'm pre- I'm pre- I'm just assuming that you hit like the stop button <laughs> after yeah, Jack yeah, told yeah, you yeah. to. Once he explained what the procedure was, I turned. I- Stopped it. Yeah. You you sit straight up, Nick Klaus, and you see you're basically to your right is Jack, and to Jack's right is Nick Klaus. Alright. Is it like morning or is it still the middle of the night? We can say it's early morning, it's about six. Okay. What are you guys doing? A, oh, is there an emergency? Jack, 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 I think he's awake. Oh hey, Hercure. We we we've figured out this machine thing. In the middle of the night? I mean it's morning. <laughs> I think I Nicol- can see sun coming in through the through the blinds. <laughs> you know, Nicholas, maybe we should wait. Who knows? Maybe it th- maybe it might hurt hurt might hurt Hercure. What might hurt me? Oh, this machine. It says to listen to it while you're sleeping. We thought about putting it on you, but maybe maybe we, we should ask you're not, first. You're not sleeping anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I I am not because you guys woke me up. Well, maybe later when we go back to sleep, do you want to try this machine thing? Let me see that. Nick the Klaus hands it over. See, it's got a little medicine symbol on it. Must be good. Looking at the symbol, does it ring any bells for her care? It's a it's a pretty general symbol for medicine. Okay. Yeah, I guess we could try it out. Alright, we'll wait till we go back to sleep then. Gotta get our day started. Now that we're all awake, her care's definitely grumpy. Nick Klaus gets up out of the, the nest and uh, goes to look for a vending machine with coffee in it. Sorry, there's just the bidding machines with different colors and flavors of uh, energy bars. This does not discourage Niklaus from looking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do a perception check. It's gonna be a nine. Niklaus, you rummage through the cabinets of the employee break room of the museum, and you find some equipment, but you don't really know what it does, so you're just like, meh, whatever. Alright, well, I, I go to the, the vending machine for the, the Jimo snacks. And, uh, who were the flavors again? Mystery meat, mystery nut, and mystery fish. I don't think I've had the mystery nut, so I put one of my, <laughs> I put one of my ticket vouchers in, <laughs> and I grabbed the mystery nut one. Yeah. So I'm down to three vouchers now. The mystery nut JYMO bar plops into the, the outgoing receptacle. And I take it and I open it and I start chewing on it. I'm imagining, like, the consistency of, like, dehydrated, like, just like a solid brick. <laughs> like chalk. Yeah. The nuttiness reminds you of your college years. <laughs> what does it remind you of? Nuttiness and college years. Oh, it reminds me actually of my favorite cocktail with almond liqueur. Because <laughs> I have the slightest hint of almond flavor in the nuts and all the good times I had. Nice. What is the fantasy name of this drink? It is made from a liqueur called uh, <laughs> Nutterono. <laughs> nice. Here we go. Yeah. With the memories of your youth, you are inspired. You Yay. remember the wild days where you would drink entire bottles. In fact, you had an entire collection of Nutterino <laughs> liquor glass bottles. An entire collection of missing nights when you drank Nutterino. <laughs> that too. <laughs> really, you don't remember all that much, but the I act remember of not remembering it. gives you inspiration. Yeah. 
Jack, what are you doing? Jack sees how happy Nicholas looks when he gets the uh, mystery nut, and he's like, he goes over and also gets the mystery nut and opens it and chews it and does not have an enjoyable experience. <laughs> he grimaces and swallows like heavily. Probably chewed it wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's probably using his uh, his uh, what do you call it? The, what's the two front teeth? The incisors. No, the ones in the middle. So not the sharp ones, like the buck teeth. <laughs> That's the technical term, right? <laughs> he was using those two teeth to chew, which is probably not how you're supposed to chew. But uh, but it also doesn't taste good. But he eats it anyways, and and kind of glances at Nicholas and was like, "You like that? It it's uh, nostalgic for me." Well, not for me, man. Yeah, the nut flavored bar for you, Jack, brings back for some reason brings back memories of how you had to support your family. <laughs> soon after your father died what does it remind you of reminds me of getting like like expired mystery nut or expired nuts you know like you know when nuts they go bad pretty quickly or not pretty quickly but they do go bad and so just that rancid kind of oily flavor the like <laughs> expired expired foods that's what we kind of that's what he uh, and his family lived off of for a while or an important part of the diet you do remember that you survived <laughs> <laughs> And you, you are also inspired. Oh, great. Yeah, I was ready to, ready to take on the day. Energized. Yeah, you, you still feel like a little bit shitty, though. <laughs> all right. The door opens, and Audrey comes in, and she says, Oh, hey, guys, are you all ready? Yep. Yep, just finishing this nut bar. She has, like, Gobzu on her shoulders. <laughs> guess so, I guess so. Do, do we know where Tizio Row is? Kizield? Yes. Yeah, y'all figured it out on the map yesterday. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm not the sharpest in the morning. Hopefully we'll all be more awake by the time we get over there. I sure hope so. Well, let's head out. Get it over with. It's on the map, right? So we just follow the map? Yeah. The five of you head out from the museum. The weather is partly cloudy today. It's a little bit overcast. There's not a lot of sunshine at the moment, but at least it's not raining. Hooray. As the three of you travel, Gobzu says to... The three of you. Uh, so I was thinking about the Godfather, and maybe if the goblins can find some other way to make money without the without the pixie, maybe they they wouldn't need it anymore. So I was sort of wondering if you guys had any ideas about how the the goblins could make money. What kind of skills do the goblins have? Well, we're sort of small and sneaky. We have one random kobold, though <laughs> nobody seems to see that except for me for some reason. <laughs> cobalt? What are the cobalt doing with a group of goblins? I don't really know. We sort of just let it slide. He thinks he's a goblin. <laughs> Pretty nice guy, though. Hmm. I mean, you tried selling drugs. Which was hugely successful. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a hard habit to break. You could transition to other drugs. Oh, like like what? Coffee? Uh, maybe. Coffee? <laughs> Does anyone sell coffee in this area? Is you... caffeine a regulated, <laughs> a restricted <laughs> substance? <laughs> Probably more like it's just hard to get of any real variety. Jack shakes his head and, and, and says, I don't have any good ideas, sorry. I just work and I don't make much money. And if you have any good ideas to make money, I'm all ears too. What about farming? Is that a good way to make money? Urban farming? <laughs> I've never done it, but I figure... Can farm coffee beans. People this is, this is all Nicklaus can think about in the morning. <laughs> well, there's some dark places. You could probably farm some mushrooms. 
Oh yeah. That might that might work. Oh what? Uh, what kind of mushrooms? All kinds. The the brown nut mushrooms, the spotted cap mushrooms. Do any of those mushrooms have psychoactive effects? No, I'm trying to avoid those given their previous history. I see. I mean, but that's something they would understand. They could diversify, you know. (laughs) Are these are these psychoactive mushrooms? Are they uh, are they legal? I've never used any. I don't know. That's a question for Joey. Out here, there's probably not a lot of enforcement. Yeah, law enforcement out here is pretty sketchy. You just do what you want, whatever you want, basically. Pretty much. Yeah, as as long as no one has to gets called or like do anything bad enough that central has to has to do something as long as you don't interfere with corporate profits <laughs> right right <laughs> well i guess i'll think about it some more the five of you arrive at kizzy old row located far from any main highways or roads you see here that there is a vast collection of abandoned warehouses and a couple of them have been repurposed into living spaces It seems like there was an effort to make it into a residential area, but with only marginal success. It's very reminiscent of almost sort of like a self-storage facility, except that the each little like storage thing is like a giant warehouse. Oh wow. As you walk through the area, you see that there's a fair amount of elves here. And as you walk past, they, they sort of look at you warily. How about everybody do a perception check? Uh, 19. 17 for her here. 12 for Niklaus. As the three of you walk through this neighborhood, you see that inside the warehouses where these elves live, and you, you get sort of passing glimpses inside, they are trying to grow plants inside the warehouses. Here, your expertise is mainly for mushrooms. But you do have some knowledge of other kinds of plants. These are mainly fruit trees and other plants from the south, where the elves are originally from. From your point of view here, here, it's something that's been passed down through the generations. Ah. Back before Falcon's Reach became this this huge sprawling Uh, urban jungle, it was smaller. And a lot of the city is essentially generations of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Jack looks to the others and is uncomfortable and says, Hey, these elves are looking at us, honey. Should we be worried? I mean, I guess it's not every day you see a half-orc, two humans, three humans, and a goblin walking down the street together. I, I suppose. Is this known as like an elven part of the city? The way West Overia is made up, it's like a bunch of different neighborhoods. Yeah, right, right. Tends to be very like enclavey. Tends to be ethnic enclaves type things. Yep. Yeah, it's an elven neighborhood. What do you expect? I guess. I guess Jack is gets a little bit fidgety and and loosens up or tries to you know loosen punches up. an elf in the face. No, just loosens up one of his swords. <laughs> Nikos uh, looks at the people that are kind of gawking at them, and is it just curiosity? Is it hostility? Is it wariness? All right, Nikos, do a insight check. It's going to be a nineteen. Yeah. No, sorry, eighteen. It's mostly wariness. Yeah, you're not exactly sure why, but they seem to be pretty protective of their plants, which 
is a rarity in the city. You haven't really seen all that many fresh produce or living plants in the areas you've explored so far. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they don't look unfriendly, guys. Just, you know, we're strangers in their, their area, so. That's a good point. That's a good point. As long as we're polite and don't mess with them, I don't think they'll, we'll have a problem. All right. Jack feels a little bit better. The three of you continue toward the address that Roglio gave you, and eventually you find yourself outside one of these warehouses. The one at the address is a little bit smaller, but it is sandwiched directly in between two larger ones. There's quite a bit of corrugated metal making up the construction of these warehouses, and in the center of the small warehouse there's a set of double doors that would apparently lead inside. Is there like a um, door buzzer or...? There is not. Well, Audrey, this is your sister's last reported location. Did you want to try calling out to her? Should we knock? <laughs> yeah, sure. I can I can give it a shot. Okay. Audrey heads to the door and she knocks on it heavily. The metal vibrates and makes that sort of hollow metallic ringing noise. And she yells at, Hey, sister! Open the door! There's no response from inside. Audrey fiddles with the door a little bit, and she turns back to the party and she says, I think it's locked. Is there a back entrance? Hukir, do a perception check. 16. Hukir, you sort of take a look around the warehouse. You do see that there is a skylight on the roof. You sort of have to back up a little bit to see it. It's... It's not a very apparent to you, though, how to get to the back, because it's sandwiched right in between another two warehouses. Right. Just feels a little odd breaking into a front door. There is a skylight up top, though. I mean, we could try banging a little louder. Niklaus goes up and, like, starts hammering on the walls. Hello? Anyone home? You hear no response from inside. Well, guys, what do you, what do you think we should do? I mean... Is it unusual that your sister wouldn't be here at this time of day, Audrey? I guess maybe it wouldn't now. Yeah, I don't really know. Ugh, I don't know. She's probably so dumb she doesn't know how to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> Should we force our way in? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> okay, well, I can assist with that. Uh, Niklaus approaches the door, places his hand on it, and casts knock. Maybe she'll hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, describe the spell to us again. So Niklaus chooses a door, and he doesn't have to physically touch it, but he goes through the motions of going up and placing his palm against it, closes his eyes, and he uh, says under his breath, open sesame seed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you, you start hearing the corrugated metal ring like a gong, even though it doesn't normally make that sound. And everyone within 300 feet hears it. Quite a couple of bystanders sort of turn their heads to look in your direction. Niklaus is, turns to like, that's a hell of a doorbell. <laughs> All right, do, 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 do a quick deception check. It's going to be 18. Yeah, the people walking by are just like, eh, I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah, the door unlocks. I, I open it and I'm like, after you. Is Audrey going first? Jack doesn't want to go first. <laughs> I mean, she just walks in. I hold the door for the rest of the gang. Hercure walks in. Jack takes a deep breath and reminding, reminded of all the trouble with doors, he also steps over. <laughs> <laughs> Weakness. 
doors. Yeah. Scobs is still on uh, Audrey's shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Nicholas falls in and sees if there's a way to lock the door on the other side. Yeah. The way the warehouse door was locked is that there's like a hook and like a hole. You just like flip it over and it goes in and it locks it. Yeah. So I, re- I relock it once we're inside. Yeah. Inside the party sees a what was originally a warehouse floor, except all the shelving has been pushed to the side. If you just imagine like a Home Depot and like all the all the things are like pushed out. Okay. Replacing the shelves are a bunch of easels, painting supplies, and canvases. The warehouse floor is rectangular in shape, and in the back you see that there's a manager's office with a door and some glass windows, and in the center you see two particularly large paintings sitting on several easels. But no people. Yeah, there's no people. Recognizable about these paintings. Well, do you, I guess you go up and like look? Yeah. All right. You head towards the center of the room to look at the paintings. There is one on the left and one on the right. Which one do you want to look at first? Uh, I'll look at the one on the left. You head towards the painting on the left, and you take a look at it. You see that there is a pale, beautiful female human singer who is standing on a very dimly lit stage. There's a couple of bright spotlights, but... For some reason, none of them are shining directly onto her, but they do give her sort of an effervescent glow, and she looks like she's preparing to sing. Jack and Nicholas, what are you guys doing? Jack is looking around to see where the exits are and if there's any sort of traps or threats. He's uneasy. Yeah, do a perception check. Natural 20. Yeah. You, you see the same skylight that Hirkir mentioned to you? It's right mm-hmm. in the center of the warehouse floor. You assume that there might be like another exit past the manager's office. Mm-hmm. And there's the exit towards the back. You don't see any particular sign of traps. Okay. Niklaus, what are you doing? Uh, Niklaus goes to the painting on the right. Okay. Takes a look. Niklaus, you head towards the painting on the right. And it is a still life of a large violet mushroom. You take a closer look and you see that the mushroom is apparently feeding off a dead body. Rather suddenly... Let me roll real fast. As you're looking at the painting of the mushroom, Niklaus, the the canvas starts to shudder. What? And it shakes a little bit. You hear a couple of small ripping sounds. The canvas part comes off of the frame. As this is happening, Niklaus slowly is backing away. <laughs> how far am I? How far is Hercure? Painting. Away? The painting is on the other side of the room. Okay. Okay. Uh, like it's like one on on yeah one on the left and one on the right. Gotcha. And we're gonna roll for surprise for the first time in years. Oh my god! Uh, what a so surprise! The, this might be the first time I've ever rolled surprise with you. Yeah. I've never done it before, but I guess we'll give it a shot. The The thing rolls its high check, and it's going to roll a 16. So what is y'all's passive perception? Uh, not that high. Passive perception is 15. Mine is 11. 10. All right, so let's roll initiative. Let's roll initiative. Herkir got a 17. Jack got a six. Twenty-one. 
Niklaus, as you look at the painting, it shudders and the canvas part rips off of the frame and then it whirls up on top of the frame and then it lunges at you. Surprising. Well, yeah, it surprises the shit out of you. <laughs> I am very surprised. And it's going to get a surprise round, so it's going to try and wrap around your face. Oh no. Jeez. It rolls a 14. That hits. Okay. The painting flies off the frame and then it wraps itself around your head. You're grappled and you're at risk of suffocating, restrained, and blinded. Holy shit. Wow. And at the beginning of each of your turns, you take 2d6 plus 3 damage. Oof. So that's the first round, and it goes immediately to you, Roy. So I take damage. How much damage do I take? You take 7 damage. Ouch. What type of damage is it? Bludgeoning. The rug wraps around your head, and it sort of like pulls you side to side, and it bangs your head against the, the frame of the painting that it just escaped from. Mm-hmm. Is there an option for me to try to escape? Yeah, I think you spend an action to escape. It's grappled, so it is... Oh, grappled. Okay, so grapple rolls. Yeah. The Klaus spends the first three of his six seconds panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just kind of like touching the stuff on his head to figure out what's happening to him while being slowly squeezed to death, I guess. Hugged to death. Nicely. He doesn't like this. Bad hugs. Bad hugs! <laughs> He doesn't know if this is going to work, but he's going to cast um, Dissonant Whispers. No. He casts Arms of Hadar. So this is a new spell he hasn't cast before. So there's um, one of the sounds in his head, one of the, the voices, uh, whispers of hunger and death, and repeats the words, Nicholas repeats the words that he hears. Uh, and as he does, all around him, uh, black tendrils of dark energy erupt around him and batter all creatures within 10 feet of me. So the black energy tendrils go out and start whacking at the thing on my head. And each creature in that area must make a strength saving throw. Okay. It rolls a 17. That passes a DC. It takes half damage, so it takes 2d6 damage. And then half that. So it takes 12 damage, and half that is 6. Nice. 6 necrotic damage, mm -hmm. and it can't take reactions. That was my action. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm grappled, can I, I can still move, right? Or no? You are also restrained. So it is grappled, restrained, blinded, at risk of suffocating. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of things. Then I don't move. Or I guess I move a lot, but I don't end up moving <laughs> anywhere. I stay within my feet. <laughs> yeah, you struggle within the same space, and then you summon these tentacles? Yeah, tendrils. Tendrils. Tentacles? Tendrils, tendrils are a kind of tentacle. Slightly, tendrils yeah. slightly plant thinner. Plant-like, I think. <laughs> thinner tendrils. <laughs> tentacles, yeah. Uh, the tender... Uh, the tenders. The chicken tenders. <laughs> chicken tenders <laughs> of dark energy erupt. The dark energy tenders. Mm. <laughs> the tendrils reach out and they slap at this thing that's on your head. The problem is some of the force goes through the painting and it also hits you. So you take three damage and it takes three damage. Oh. Here, Kira, it's your turn. Okay, so what exactly do I see? Here, Kira, you turn around and suddenly there are tentacles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very confusing situation for you, partly because you're surprised. It looks like Niklaus is suddenly wearing a turban. The painting is gone. There's tendrils 
that have probably broken the frame right now. The tendrils are also hitting Niklaus and hitting his turban. <laughs> That's pretty much everything. You do see that Niklaus seems to be struggling. And you hear, mur, 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 as I try to yell. Okay. How far away is he from me? The width of the warehouse is 30 feet, and we'll say the paintings were in, like, the edges, so... Okay. 20 feet? Okay. Herkir is sort of baffled by this, but doing what comes to mind first, he will cast Chill Touch on the turban thingy. Okay, uh, 15. 15 hits. He will take 1d8. 1d8 necrotic damage. Six points of necrotic damage. Also, the ghostly skeletal hand hangs on and it cannot regain hit points until the start of my next turn. Yeah. Go ahead and describe it for us. Herkir, hearing a commotion across the way, turns. There's his old pal Niklaus with some weird thing on his head and him screaming about air. Also, some weird tendrils. (laughs) Herkir sort of looks confused kind of shrugs, doesn't really know what to do. <laughs> and then sort of shaking his head like, I don't know, all of a sudden throws a skeletal hand that grasps onto the turban thing, chilling it necrotically and hanging on. It does some damage. I don't know how extensive the damage is to it yeah. or if it causes any effect to it, but it has a skeletal hand now clinging <laughs> to it. <laughs> Tendril, skeletal hand, it's a whole thing all around Niklaus's head. Yeah, it's a hot mess right now. The painting takes three damage, and Niklaus, you take another three damage. Damn, we're killing Niklaus. Uh-oh. You, you feel the chill of the grave. Whatever that means. It's a cold deep in your soul, Joey. <laughs> the rug is perfectly content being on Niklaus's head. It's going to dodge. Yeah, and it's just going to stay grappled to you, Roy. It's Willie's turn. Okay, so Jack sees everything going on, and he just just pulls... Uh, he, he sees these the tendril hand. He sees that the muffled screams <laughs> get louder when the hand gets closer, and he looks at Hercure and says, Should I try pulling that thing off of him? Yeah, I think so. I think I might have heard him when I cast that spell. All right, all right. So, Joey, can I grapple the thing and pull it off? Is that how it works? Jack also mutters to himself, we shouldn't have come in here. This is not a good idea, not a good idea. Stupid art. <laughs> so it's, it's, that, it's that avant-gardist <laughs> technology. Where it really, Avant-attackist, more where, likely. <laughs> where it really pulls you in, you know, it engages you. User participation. Jack, you're going to try and grapple... Yeah, Jack Jack just yells, No, you don't, Art! And runs <laughs> over and tries to grapple and rip the painting off of Niklaus's head. What do I roll? Yeah, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the grapple check. Okay. And we'll say that the dodge does not apply. Okay. So go ahead and roll your... Strength? Yeah, just athletics. Athletics, okay. Oh, I got an 11. The painting's going to roll, and he rolls a... He's going to roll his athletics. He rolls a... What is the painting's athletic? 18. Jeez, it's like the... Oh, it's so strong. Magic carpet from Aladdin or something. Yeah, basically. There's actually, like, a scene in there where he's, like, trying to smother people, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. 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 So Jack can't... 
Jack can't get a good grip and like grasp. I'm, I'm just picturing you like 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 yanking it like successfully several times and like my whole body like hand like, <laughs> moving with you. Jack, you try running up to the painting and try tugging at it to get it off of Niklaus's head, but it's it doesn't budge. Do I have any movement left, or was I only was I within thir- was I thirty feet exactly away? Mm, I guess you weren't looking at any of the paintings, were you? No. I'd say that was like your. We'll say that was your movement. Okay. <laughs> well, seeing seeing that the grapple did not work and he can't that that used up all of his uh, momentum and he also can't leave. Jack kind of cowers a little bit and hoping whatever spells come next don't hit him because he's right next to Nicholas now. But yeah, I'm done. Audrey and Gabzu are going to run up and also try to tug, uh, help Jack tug at the painting. Uh, Audrey's like, oh, what the hell is this? Uh, Roy, <laughs> it's your turn. You're going to take the... You're going to take seven damage. <laughs> and it's now your turn. Roy. Okay, so Audrey and Gabsu took the help action? Yeah. To help Jack peel it off, right? Yeah. So I'm blinded, right? But can I see the creature since the creature is what's blinding me? <laughs> <laughs> I think as a status effect it goes ubiquitously. What are you what, what are you trying to do, exactly? I was gonna cast Hex on it. It, it says you place a curse on a creature that you can see within range. In terms of like conditions, I would say that you are blinded. I'm gonna say that you can't because we're just gonna say that you have like the blind condition, and that you okay. you well, can't we, see. We can, we can say that my my eyes were closed, and so now I yeah, can't open it's, them. It, your it's your eyelids are getting some pretty it. like crazy rug burn right now as it's like twirling <laughs> around you. Okay, I can deal with that. So I won't cast hex. So I will attempt to. Dang it! I have to see it. Shit. <laughs> practice practice like, meditation. It's like everything. It's like everything. I have to see it. Okay, well, I'll try this. I don't know I don't know how this will work. I'm going to cast Tasha's Caustic Brew. So, I kind of like No, you know what? I'm going to take I'm going to take the <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to shoot acid in my head. <laughs> um, like what that's could a go mistake. wrong? I'm going to take the the ready action. I'm gonna ready in action. As soon as I am unblinded and I can see anything, I'm gonna misty step thirty feet away to the furthest point I can see. <laughs> Alright. There we go. Jesus. Alright, here Kerry, it's your turn. Alright. So the situation is there's a bunch of people surrounding this thing on Niklaus and they're all pulling on it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a lot that would help. So I guess I will go over and attempt to help pull the thing off Niklaus. Let's get this thing off him. Alright. It's a athletics versus whatever the the canvas chooses. Let's go here. Alright, it rolls a twenty-three. Jeez. God damn it. This thing's stuck on here pretty good. I mean, that's a move and an action, so that's all I can do. Yeah. Okay, you run over and you also try to help everybody <laughs> rip this thing off Niklaus's <laughs> head. It's it's increasingly become a very comedic situation as it's like four people trying to pull on this thing. The canvas is still very content trying to murder you, Niklaus. It's just going to stay on your head. How long does Niklaus have? 
Usually it's a pretty long time. Okay. Long okay. enough where like I wouldn't even bother counting it. Okay, okay. It's one plus minutes. It'd be four minutes. Yeah, up, it's four minutes. Yeah, four it's minutes of breathing underwater somehow. Oh, that's 40 turns? Yeah. Okay. So we have to roll really badly, and he has to roll really well. Yeah. Well, I, I take damage at the beginning of every one of my turns. So you, you're going to get... Yeah, okay. I that's going to run out first. Yeah. <laughs> well, As I in, really if it becomes so. my turn again, it's going to run out. Okay. So I, I have a sleep magic tech. Would that work on this thing? You can try. Can I ask Herker? <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, you can ask Herker. Herker, I have this sleep magitech, or Audrey, or Gob, Gob, Gob. Does it, will <laughs> God, it work? Dude. Do you think it'll make the thing fall asleep, and then we can rip it off? Does Herker have any knowledge that would help? Would Herker have ever used the sleep magitech? Uh, if he has not in this game, then no. Then you have no idea, really. But Audrey I, should know she's like, I don't uh, know. Audrey should know she's like makes this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Audrey is like, uh, yeah, I could, but if it's too healthy, it, it wouldn't work. Oh, it looks pretty healthy. It's pretty healthy. Yeah. It does look pretty healthy as she tugs on one of the corners of the canvas. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try again. Rip this thing off. So Jack will try another grapple. All right. All right, here we go. So, strength, right? No, athletics, athletics. Uh, 20, unnatural. It rolls a 14. Yes! What happens now? Yeah. Maybe, like, shove it, or, like, take it take it off him, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, Jack takes it off, and is, like, holding it away from him, like, as far as he can away from him, and is just holding it. And is like, ah, what do I do now? What do I do now? And that's the end of his turn. <laughs> Or he runs, I guess he runs away from everybody. <laughs> but he's still saying, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Meanwhile, when when Nikos can see again. <laughs> oh, he's got a ready to action. Yeah, my, I t- <laughs> teleported like as far away as I could. <laughs> the second I saw any daylight. He teleports, Jack runs in the same direction. They both end up <laughs> in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, what, what direction do you Jack teleport runs- to? Oh. Nick Klaus. So I was facing the painting, but during the course of the last two rounds, I've basically been running in circles without moving more than five feet away. So I'm going to run, roll a d4 with one being <laughs> north, two east, three south, four west. It was a two, so that was east. Okay, so while you're, while you're doing that, Willie... You can so yeah you can you can drag the canvas with you but your speed is half so you can go 15 feet. Okay. So I go 15 feet towards the you said there's a back exit. Yeah. So no. oh, okay. from the uh, from the I always imagine everything north south so oh, I'm imagining okay. that the entrance that you came in from is south. That's fine. Everybody's basically in the middle of the warehouse floor and okay. the sort of manager's office is to the north. Okay, so I go to the north, 15 feet. All right, Niklaus, which way did you teleport? East. East side. So if you're on the east side, you're actually, like, pretty close to the edge already. Yeah, that, that it was just, like, my peripheral, so, like, northeast or southeast, whichever way was okay, so, furthest away. So you teleport 5, 10 feet? Like, as far along the wall. Oh. Like, east, like, I have, I have like, a wide view of the east wall, right? So then, like, whichever corner was... Furthest away. Okay, so we'll say you head southeast. Okay. 
along the wall. Just say you're like 30 feet down, closer to the entrance that you came in from. And like my hands are up head height, like <laughs> waving it like away so in case anything else flies towards my face. <laughs> Hopefully all their paintings like, don't come to life. Just like turning around left and right, trying to see if there's anything else there. Audrey and Gobsu see you, Jack, run off with the with the canvas, and they're uh, like they're both of them are very unsure about what to do. <laughs> like they don't they it's like their internal thought process is like, well, I don't want to chase after it. <laughs> they're they're pretty wary, so they'll just uh, we'll say that they are just one entity. Okay. Yeah, it's like Audrey with Gobsu on her shoulders. <laughs> they're going to collectively dodge. Okay. Niklaus, it's your turn. So frantically looking around left and right, do you see any other canvases or enemies or anything dangerous within like 30 feet of them? You do see the other painting, but it, it hasn't like moved or anything yet. He like yet. puts both his hands up towards it. He destroys it. it. Just like <laughs> with wariness. <laughs> uh, does he see the, the canvas that had attacked him? Yeah. Uh, 45 feet ahead of you, you see Jack wrestling with the canvas. He's a little bit past the middle of the warehouse. Okay. Jack yells out, Can you stab it while I hold it? Is that possible? I'm gonna do something to it. And then Niklaus casts Chaos Bolt at the thing in Jack's hand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the warbling mass of different colored rainbow energy flies out towards the creature. Uh, so we make a range spell attack. It'll be a 15 to hit. A 15 hits. Alright. 2d8 plus 1d6. Those were terrible rolls. So using a sorcery point, Niklaus will empower the spell. Allow me to re-roll the dice I want to. Up to four of them. So re-rolling the 2d8s. Nice. Much better. Seven and a five. Okay. So that is either psychic or... A lightning, so lightning damage, and 17 points worth of lightning damage. So you see the warbling orb of energy turn to like a purplish, bluish, bright streak of lightning that zigzags its way towards Dark the, <laughs> the the crumpled up canvas in Jack's hands, electrifying it without harming Jack. <laughs> Conductive electricity, how does it work? It's the, uh, the lead-based paints. It makes it really easy to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you zap it real good. You feel a little bit tingly, Jack, but nothing happens to you. Both Audrey and Gobzu sort of jump out of the way of the electricity. It's it zigzagged around on the top. <laughs> and then I, I move further away from the other painting. <laughs> Alright, I think you can only go... You can go like another 15 feet until you're in the dead corner of the southeast yep. corner. But I'll put my back against the corner facing the middle of the room. My hands still outstretched. <laughs> Breathing heavily. Yes. Here, here, it's your turn. Okay. How does, uh... uh just gonna... Okay, how far away is is um, Jack from me now? This is about 15 feet. 15 feet. Okay, I'm gonna chill touch it again. Uh, 15 to hit. 15 hits. It takes three points of necrotic damage. Nice. Looking a little more confident this time. Herkir once again summons a ghostly skeletal hand... And hurls it across the room into until it grasps onto the art piece thingy, chilling it with the cold of the grave. <laughs> yeah, and you do three damage. 
Three mighty points of damage. <laughs> the rug is going to try and smother you, Jack. Okay. He rolls a sixteen. That hits. As you oh, no. you oh, no. you grab onto like the two corners of the painting, and then the other two corners sort of leap over you around to your back, and then like a parachute, it just like suddenly retracts. <laughs> so you sort of look like one of those like ghost costumes. Or <laughs> you have like a rope around your, your, your neck. Yeah. It doesn't do anything this turn though, except okay. you're restrained, blinded, suffocating. All right. At the beginning of your turn, Jack, which is next, mm-hmm. uh, you take 2d6 damage. Okay. Plus three. Uh, okay. You take eight damage. All right. Now it's my turn? Yeah. Okay. Since I'm blinded, I can't use a sleep magic tech, can I? Yeah, I guess you don't have to see it. Okay, so Jack is like, ah, and he like reaches, but like, I mean, honestly, like, I think I have to put it together, right? I have to put the Magitite and then the Magitech. I probably can't do that blind, right? If you give it the flavor. Okay. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, uh, FY, FYI, I just so you're aware of what the sleep spell does. It does target all creatures within a radius of a point that you choose, Uh huh. which I think could also include you. Okay, but it that's also, okay, right? It actually also includes Hyrcure, because you're only 15 feet away from them, because they were all helping to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so Hyrcure, Audrey, and Gobzu are all within range. <laughs> but it, it, it starts with the creature with the lowest current hit points. So if that's the rug, then you're fine. If it's not, then it, it would affect someone else. Oh, you mean it, can only, it only affects one? It's no. It's it starts with the creature with the lowest hit points, and if it successfully puts it to sleep, then it, whatever leftover it goes to the next creature. Oh, we did a lot of damage to this thing, though. No, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like we did. I'm, I'm out. Of, I'm out of, outside of range, so I'm fine. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try the sleep. <laughs> Jack remembers where he put each thing in his pockets and knows where the sleep magitech with the magitites are and the caster and blindly puts it together <laughs> and casts sleep. So At his face. At his face. <laughs> I guess it's within a point that you choose. So you could oh. choose a point that doesn't include Hircur, the goblin, and... You could do it like 10 feet away from you and then it wouldn't get... Yeah, except oh. it, I guess you wouldn't really know where 10 feet away from you is. Yeah. Well, I know I was facing the exit, so I haven't turned, so I'm just going to point the same direction, so north. Ten, just, just just vaguely in the north. Alright, yeah. Alright, 5d8? Yep. I don't think I've rolled the 8 one yet. Oh, that one fell. Okay. So add that, add that together is yeah, 12, 18, 19, 25. What happens now? Jack, you, despite being blind, you you pull out these things from your pockets and then you cast sleep on the canvas of smothering. <laughs> With the 25 that you roll for the spell, the canvas has 23 hit points <laughs> left. <laughs> That's less than me. Wait, hold on, but I have less hit points than that, so does that... I go see first? <laughs> Wait, how many hit points do you have? I have 17. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, Jack. <laughs> uh, you point to like a you. You're able to somehow determine like an a point ten feet away from you to the north, so you don't hit Audrey Gobzu and Hukir. But the canvas of smothering has twenty three hit points, and you have seventeen hit points, so you fall asleep. <laughs> Jack just goes black and asleep now. <laughs> yeah, you're having like an excellent sleep. It's great. <laughs> okay, okay. This might be silver linings, okay? Does the creature believe he successfully smothered Jack <laughs> <laughs> and leave him alone? <laughs> well, we won't know until it's turn. It's turn. Yeah. Okay. Which is, uh, which is, oh, I just went. Okay. Audrey <laughs> <laughs> and Kapsu just see Jack, like, <laughs> <laughs> limp and like flop over. <laughs> uh oh. So they're going to run up and uh, heroically try and rip the thing off your face, Jack. Uh, they're they're gonna like help whoever is going to. I guess they could actually try. Mm. I mean, Gobsu could help uh, Audrey do it. I'm just uh, I'm for the sake of like this one, they're just like one entity. They'll like try and rip it off. They roll a 11. Huh. Rolls a 7, so they do rip it off. <laughs> it clearly believes it has killed Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it kind of relaxes in a sense of satisfaction at a job well yeah. done. <laughs> it, it feels like it has achieved a sense of purpose. <laughs> Niklaus, it's your turn. You see Audrey and Gabzu have successfully teamworked the canvas of smothering off of Jack, who is actually still asleep on the ground. But you... <laughs> I feel like you might not even know that he can <laughs> No, I, I just think it killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jack, no! And then he casts... Niklaus casts uh, Ray of Frost at the bundle of canvas. Uh, so I'm gonna get spell attack... That's a 25 to hit. That hits. And 1d8 cold damage. So 7 cold damage and its speed is reduced by 10. And I'm like, Audrey, Gobzu, get away from it. Get away from it. Don't let it wrap around your head. Look at what it did to Jack. Oh, he was so beautiful. <laughs> a beautiful boy. Here, it's your turn. All right. Seeing that Jack has fallen... Herkir rushes over to Jack's side, and uh, can I tell right away if he's alive or dead? Alright, Jack, are you a snorer? Uh, I think we said earlier no. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's sort of hard to tell if Jack's condition. You can use an action to shake or slap them to see, though. No, I'm worried that uh, he may be dead, so I'm going to cast Cure Wounds, put my hands on Jack. And he gets five points of healing. All right, that's good. Do yeah. I wake up or no? Mm, no, actually. It does, but do I have any reaction? Maybe. I, I assume I've stabilized him. That's okay. that's my right. assumption. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Yeah. So, so from Hurkir's point of view, I just saved your life. Yeah. Jack like plopped down and just assumes that you're unconscious. He runs up and casts Cure Wounds and gives you some health points. 
from Jack's point of view, you're sleeping. Yeah. Uh, you have an excellent dream, though, where you're getting, like, yeah. massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you even taken damage yet? I did. I took uh, yeah, oh, some took, from like, the canvas. Oh, okay, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, good. I mean, that's, that's still good. Yeah. All right. So, meanwhile, Nikolaus sees Jack getting healed and not regaining consciousness, and he fears the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the rug is going to try and attack the Audrey slash Gobzu conglomerate. <laughs> Audrey Gobzu Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> and it rolls, of course, it would roll like a nat one now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's confused. There are two heads. It's never encountered this situation <laughs> yeah. before. It's not exactly sure where it should strike. Uh, it, it wraps itself around Godzu's ankle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it misses, and it's still grappled by Audrey slash Godzu. The turn goes back to Jack, and you're just asleep. How do I wake up? You can't. You've been magically put to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I can't you do can anything? You magically knock yourself out. <laughs> You've taken the strongest magical ambient that exists in this world. <laughs> what do you dream about? I dream about how I am eating, like, the best meal with all the food and all the yummy foods and not the mystery stuff that we always get. You will wake up in a minute. Okay, okay. Unless one of us wakes you up sooner. All right, gotcha. But yeah, no, I'm still happily dreaming. I'm like getting that massage and eating food at the same time. Just having his, having his own private spa day for <laughs> <Yeah>. a minute. <laughs> Audrey and Gobzu having heard Niklaus yell at them to get away. They let go and they're just going to run like 30 feet. Except that the canvas is going to do a opportunity attack. Dang. Oh no! and it rolls a 16, and it simultaneously wraps around all of Gobzu and Audrey's head, and they just, like, <laughs> plop onto the floor. <laughs> oh, no. Roy, now it's your turn. Why didn't they run away sooner? Niklaus doesn't know it's just his fault. <laughs> Niklaus uses uh, his, his fate-touched ability to cast Hex on the, on the canvas, and it now has disadvantage on ability checks with strength. Oh, nice. And I'm like, Hercure, its strength has been weakened by my curse. Rip it off. And for his action... I will at the appropriate time. <laughs> <laughs> A druid is always on time. <laughs> he arrives precisely what he needs to. And then for the action, he doesn't want to attack it. Shoot. Oh, so he'll, he'll, uh, he'll ready an action to cast Ray of Frost when the canvas is no longer wrapped around someone's head. Okay. Alright. Here, here, it's your turn. I'm going to attempt to rip the canvas off the conglomerate's head. <laughs> uh, is that... That's uh, athletics, right? Yeah. And it rolls a 10. Well, I rolled a 6, so... Oh, man. It's a comedy of errors. <laughs> Somebody are gonna die real bad. <laughs> We've already lost Jack. <laughs> <laughs> The canvas is going to stay on the conglomerate's face faces. Jack, you're still asleep. Oh my god, okay. Alright, well Jack <laughs> <It'll> is... Be... <laughs> Enjoying his beauty sleep, I guess. Yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack what is... <laughs> what are you eating now in your dream? Well, Jack is... He's finished a bowl of ramen, and now he's moved on to mochi ice cream. Ooh. Oh, he's the only one winning in this scenario. <laughs> 
Jack is the true winner. Fucking <laughs> knocked himself out with. I, if I had known that this would be this long, I would have tried hitting myself first and then using sleep as a last resort. But <laughs> I mean, it, it could be that this thing kills the rest of us and you're the only one that survives. I know, right? Which would be you terrible. Wake up a minute later, everyone's all dead. It's like Rip Van Winkle or something. All right. Uh, the conglomerate takes 2d6 damage plus 3. Ooh, that's Ow. not great. They take 14 damage. Dang. Oh, wow. It's good then they have twice as much HP. No, they're unconscious now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Both Kabsu and Audrey just pass out onto the floor. <laughs> the they, they, they saw that it worked before for Jack, so... <laughs> Roy, it's your turn. Seeing another two of my <laughs> compatriots fall to this canvas of doom. Uh, it's still wrapped around them, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. Everything I do would hurt both of them. I ready an action to Ray of Frost as soon as it is showing that it's not wrapped around them anymore. Like, as soon as... Before it can, like, attack someone else. So he readies the Ray of Action. The Ray of Frost, sorry. He is super ready. So ready. All right, here, here. I am going to attempt to uh, pull the thing off of them. Yep. I rolled a 15. They roll a 6. Again, once it succeeds in knocking its prey unconscious, it moves on. To <laughs> this was actually a rejected uh, canvas of smothering. It just wouldn't kill its prey. <laughs> the bargain bin canvas of smothering. So the, the canvas of sleepy time. Yeah, con- Constance, <laughs> Constance got it on discount from home goods, house goods. It was just a sleep aid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to need you to choke me out until I go to bed. <laughs> and you don't have a sleep spell at hand. <laughs> All right. So, here, you run up to the canvas and you rip it off of Gobzu and Audrey, who are now slumbering. Uh, as you do, Niklaus, your ray of frost kicks in. You want to roll for that? Zero. Eight cold damage. Nice. Here, here, you're just you're just holding the thing now. Okay, I mean that was my action was to pull it off, so I don't. Yeah, know. and now the canvas is going to try and smother you. It rolls a five. Uh, wait, no, it rolls a seven. Ooh, gotcha. Ooh. Yeah. So it, having been weakened now and feeling very satisfied that it managed to take out like three people, it tries to wrap around your face to smother you, but it, you're able to fight it off. But lazily. It's not really committed to it. Yeah, it's like, whatever, I did my job. I'm from the bargain bin. Come on. That's it for its turn. Jack, you're still asleep. Audrey and Gobzu are going to roll a death saving throw. And they roll a nat one. Oh, oh shit. What does oh, that mean? Shit. Two fails. Uh, oh, no. Oh. Roy, it's your turn. Uh, I have no way of healing them. I can fuck up the thing in his hands. So, yeah, he's... The Klaus, once again, in an attempt to finish it off, casts Chaos Bolt at the creature. And it's a ranged spell attack. Come on. Uh, I'm going to use Inspiration. For advantage. Trumpet sound. (laughs) So it's a 24 to hit. And 2d8 plus 1d6. And does 15 thunder damage. Yeah, it dies. 
Oh my god. It goes limp in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so the warbling mass of kinetic energy kind of goes through a couple different colors. And it ends up on a, like a just a spectral like white glowy that the sphere turns into like a, a series of sine waves. No one really knows what this is, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> and then as it like compresses into a single spot, it explodes out in like a ring of sonic energy that only affects the canvas creature as it thunders it to death. Yeah, the canvas shudders and then it explodes into a million pieces of canvas. Oh no, don't breathe in all that lead. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright, I cast Cure Wounds on the conglomerate. I don't know what the best way to do that. Do I need to cast two spells or one? Uh, just Sorry. one. Just one. Okay. Yeah, they're, they are like... <laughs> they're so just bound. one person now, yeah. They get 11 hit points back. Nice. You see Niklaus like like limp, like trudge out from the dark like corner. Exaggerating the limp, like I need healing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like at like three hit points. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm like I'm like nearly dead. <laughs> All right, I will cast cure wounds after I've brought them back from the edge of death. I will cast cure wounds on uh, Niklaus. Thank you, hair care. You get seven points back. Thank you. If only we could have saved Jack. Jack's fine. What do you mean? He's he's unconscious. You held him and nothing happened. Yeah, I don't know. He seemed to be asleep. Asleep? What? And yeah. Nikos goes over to... He's, he's really asleep, man. He's not waking up. Goes to <laughs> check. He's breathing. He like, like, gets right over him and grabs his shirt and is like, Jack, come back. Wake up, boy. <laughs> come back. Do I wake up? Once you shake Jack, Jack wakes up. Oh. Come back to us. Oh, Hey, hey! What's going on? Why I are you was shaking about me? to eat some mochi. <laughs> yeah, what? What is this? Just a second massage? You're alive. Yeah. What? Where are we? What's going on? We were attacked by some kind of oh, demonic yeah. devil creature. Did you guys get it? <laughs> oh, that, that was a good dream. Yeah, it, it suffocated you to death, but Turkier brought you back. Thanks. Thank you, Hercure. I feel really good, though. Like, really well-rested, and I, I'm ready to do. Wow. I feel good. Oof. Her Hercure's guess... healing must be just that potent. Man, Hercure, thanks, man. Thanks, Hercure. Feel good. Oof. You're welcome. All right. What do we do now? Now, if no one else gets hurt, that'd be great, because I'm running low on healing. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Gobsley is like, oh, man, what just happened? I hate this place. <laughs> Niklaus will never visit an art museum again. <laughs> Audrey suddenly sits up after you heal her, here, here, and you have never seen anyone been more pissed in in your life. <laughs> she gets up, she stomps over to the uh, to the like the, the the manager's office, and she just straight kicks down the door. Damn! Whoa! Uh, and she says, "Constance, where the hell?" are you she heads inside and she starts rummaging around what do y'all do it's like uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a minute just kind of rest here guys you can go on in without me i'll keep an eye on the other one as nick house like squints at the other painting on the other side of the room <laughs> i looked at it. i don't think it's anyway hercule will head into the office after yeah jack jack kind of gets up and follows yeah you head into the manager's office and as you do you see audrey basically 
tearing up the place looking for her sister. And then from the opposite side of the room where Audrey is looking, everybody hears this voice that says, Ugh, Audrey, is that you? Who's that? <laughs> Audrey is like, Constance, where the hell are you? And then you hear another fed up sigh. Ugh, God, it, it would take you forever to find me. From what appears to be a dishwasher built into like the counter of the office emerges... Someone who remarkably looks like Audrey, but shorter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You see a slightly shorter Audrey with the same dark hair done into a single long braid. In contrast to Audrey's dirty mechanic clothing, you see that Constance is wearing a stylish dark colored cloak, and she has a small bag on her belt. And she just climbed out of the dishwasher. And she's climbing out of the dishwasher. <laughs> she smells faintly of paint and dishwashing soap. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Adequately Advanced Magic. Just a friendly reminder that you can leave us comments or suggestions at our Instagram, which I run, or our Twitter, which Jeremiah is in charge of, and that's AA Magic Pod. Join us next week as the party starts getting heisty. <laughs> <laughs>